BAE Systems Australia acknowledges the traditional owners of land and waters that this podcast is recorded on. This is a BAE Systems Australia podcast. Welcome to Beneath the Deck, a podcast series that tells the stories of the people behind some of Australia's largest shipbuilding and sustainment programs. To build the largest ever surface ship project in Australia's defence history requires a huge workforce with skills ranging from welders right through to computer programmers. Hello, I'm Drew Radford and finding these people, employing them and keeping them is easier said than done. It requires careers people with unique insights and experience. And that pretty much describes Ashley Bryan who heads up early careers at BAE Systems Australia. His own career has seen him move from fitter and turner to science teacher to school's careers counsellor and a range of other roles in between. To discuss how this has moulded his approach in helping others achieve their own career potential at BAE, he joins us for this Beneath the Deck podcast. Ashley, thanks for your time. No problems. Thanks very much for having me, Drew. Ashley, we're going to talk about the important work that you do in early careers and trying to get people engaged in careers at BAE. I'm really fascinated with your background because for want of a better description, you've got metal running through your veins. You've got grease under your nails because you're a teacher, now you work in careers, but you were doing something vastly different originally when you got out of school. Yeah, certainly. I um, yeah, I've had a couple of different career changes. You know, if I go right back to the beginning and talk about school, I enjoyed it. It was okay. I was sort of looking forward to the end of it, but I didn't really have any idea as to what it is that I um, really wanted to do. So I went down to the the local car manufacturer at Mitsubishi Motors there and put my name down for an apprenticeship. It was sort of that easy back in the day. So yes, I undertook my apprenticeship at Mitsubishi Motors as a fitter and turner. Spent probably eight or nine years working predominantly in the trade space. And the last few years of my time at Mitsubishi, I was in the apprentice trade training centre. So training a lot of apprentices, which I really enjoyed. Um, And as you know, Mitsubishi closed down. And so I saw that as a, as a bit of an opportunity to go off onto a, another career path. Somewhat aligned. It sounded like a stepping process. You understand the importance of manufacturing. But then your next step was actually solidly into education, I understand. Yeah, so I went into education, um, went in as a teacher. Like I said, I really enjoyed working with the apprentices and young people and sort of saw that as a bit of a, a stepping stone for myself. I remember going back home and telling the folks what I was about to do and I think they flipped over backwards and said, well, you never really enjoyed school, so why would you want to be a teacher? (laughs) I guess that was sort of part of my motivation, I guess, because I didn't enjoy school, but um, I could really see the value and the importance of it once I'd been out there in that work environment. So um, four years of a, of a teaching degree and, and then I found myself having 10 to 12 years teaching in the, uh, the STEM-based areas, so, so math, science and technology. So was that important in terms of you're in the STEM area, but I imagine to students you'd be able to refer to real-world examples, i.e. when you're on the manufacturing floor, that bit of maths that we're talking about now actually had this application. Yeah, exactly. 
my teaching was all around my previous career that I'd had and I tried to always use real life examples within my teaching to try and make those connections with what it is that we're teaching so they can actually see where it's being used, they can see some real life application to it. I think that was sort of what informed my teaching but I think the other thing that I really enjoyed and I found quite useful was to just be able to have conversations with the students. Now, just to be able to talk to them about what careers were like, what it was like to be in the working environment, what it was like to be a tradesperson and to experience all that and all those opportunities that that offers. Because I think those conversations that you can have with the students is where the real learning begins. And, you know, we're in a in an age now where you can find out all the knowledge that you want. It's in your hip pocket sitting on your phone. But how do you actually go and use that information? And I think that was that's really important conversations to have with the young people. Well, you've clearly put your money where your mouth is, for want of a better description, because in your last school-based environment, you had the title of Director of Learning Pathways. What did that actually mean? It sounds like you were connecting those dots. Yeah, that was a, um, a really good opportunity that came up. So it's all about working with the students at the school to develop a, um, a pathway through school. So looking at their subject selections and having a real understanding about what they wanted to achieve when they were starting to leave school. It was looking at all the vocational education opportunities which are available you know, as a school-based apprenticeship or traineeship. It was looking at all the university programs which are available for school students to begin while they're at school so that they can sort of get that head start on their career. With the conversations that I'd have, and I have a lot of conversations about student pathways, and one of the things that um, students often get asked, or you know, we ask our own kids, you know, what do you want to do when you grow up, or what do you want to be? And I always sort of tried to avoid asking that, because I think a better question to ask is, what are you interested in, and what do you like doing? Because that can then really sort of form that career that you may like to pursue. If you're actually doing something that you enjoy, you know, there's an old saying that you, you won't work a day in your life, but you'll also be better at it as well. Ashley, it very much sounds like you're living by that mantra yourself. I also get the impression that your role is very rewarding. Yeah, it is rewarding when you can sort of look back and, and see what students have been able to achieve and what they've sort of picked up from those conversations that you have. I think that's one of the real rewarding parts of my role at the moment at BAE in the early career section I now start to see apprentices and I, and I see graduates and so when you're working in the the school setting you, you work with the students for a couple of years and then graduation night happens and you generally don't see them again you might see them walking down the street and they'll say hello how are you going and now that I'm in this the career that I'm in I actually see I guess the fruits of everybody's labour in the, in the education section because I see the students coming through and how they've developed and they're taking that first step on their career journey. You are a great illustration of someone who's gone through one in terms of reskilling, but you're passionate about the transferable skills. Maybe that's better language than reskilling. The reason why I like the term transferable skills is because really whatever it is that you're doing, you're learning something and you're developing a skill within it. You know, you can be 
playing in a football team or a, a school sport team. You can be part of a dance group or a drama club. You could be, you know, maybe a carer. Um, you may be volunteering somewhere. But you're always developing skills while you're doing that. You know, a lot of young people's first job is working at a takeaway outlet. And if you think about the skills that you're developing there, you know, you're developing your communication skills, your problem solving, your, your sort of multitasking, you're developing some conflict resolution skills and, and all of that adds up and I think it's really important to be able to recognise that so that when you are applying for a job somewhere that you highlight them because these really are the employability skills and the soft skills that we keep talking about that you know employers are looking for. Well in terms of that how did you make the step from we've gone from fitter and turner to school teacher to now working in early careers with BA Systems. What was the motivation to make that move? I have a bit of, I'm a bit of an advocate for lifelong learning. And, you know, I sort of did the 10 to 15 years as a tradesperson. I was sort of coming up to that 15 year or so period as a school teacher. And I was just starting to think, well, you know, what's next for me? And then I, I saw the job advertised at BAE leading the early careers program. And knowing that that was all about apprenticeship pathways and graduate pathways and, and everything in between, I thought, well, I've, I think I've got something that I can offer there. And then that was that next opportunity for me to go away and learn something. You know, I've never worked in the defence industry, although, you know, I have worked in manufacturing. So I, I felt as though I had a quite a good background there. But for me, it was, it was to take that next step and, you know, learn something new again. You've painted a bit of a picture of what you're actually doing in that space. It sounds quite broad, though. It sounds like everything from school leavers through to university graduates, and and I understand even you know adults who are wanting to change career. I guess everybody's. You look at your job description, and you probably think, oh, yeah, I do fifty percent of that, and everything else sort of comes in on top of it. But yeah, certainly early careers. The way I see it is that an early career doesn't need to necessarily be just for a young person. I mean, it can be somebody starting out in a new career, and, and it's early for them. I guess the thing is, it's a bit of an employee's market at the moment, isn't it, when we're talking about the skill shortage and everybody's after someone to come and work for them, whether that's in a cafe or in a defence business like us. And so it's really looking, how can we look away from those traditional areas of attracting people to the business? You know, graduates has sort of been the traditional pathway if we we're looking for someone to enter into that non-trade area. Um, apprentices have, has been that traditional pathway to enter into a trade. But I think we're sort of at a time now where we really need to start to look outside of the square, if you like, to start to attract people into the business, people into employment. And so we're looking at things like adult apprentices, reskilling current workers. How do we connect earlier with our university graduates through, you know, internship programs? You know, we've also got traineeships through vocational education, which is, I think, an untapped market when we're starting to look at those non-trade areas as well. And so just being able to look at all the different opportunities that there are around to develop a workforce. What do you enjoy most about your current role? Probably what I really enjoy most is oh, I work with a fantastic team to begin with. Team's really skilled in what they do. You know, as I've sort of mentioned, we, we have a team that work down that vocational education pathway and, and another on the other side of the team is looking at the tertiary education side of things. So that's great. I've got an awesome team. But I think the other part that I really like is 
seeing that we can actually provide opportunity for young people. You know, for some of them, it could be their first job and it's their starting their career. For others, it could be that shift in a career that perhaps they've been looking for, or it might be somebody that's sort of been floating around the employment market for a little while and, and now we can actually provide them with some real stable employment and a job for life, essentially. We sort of use the term generational employment where potentially some of our apprentices' kids could be working on the same project. Well, somebody might start at BAE doing one particular job, but because it's such a big organisation, they can have a career path like you that's morphed through many different avenues along the way. Yeah, that's right. You know, we always sort of considering how we can, um, I guess, improve the pathways for our workforce. You know, some people are really happy to be working in that same role they come in day in, day out, and, and that's what they want to do, and, and that's fine, but you might have some other people that are always looking for that next challenge or that next learning opportunity. So I think as a business and someone that our size, it's really important that we can offer those opportunities for our workforce because this this whole transferable skill and transferable knowledge, you know, you're going to bring that with you. You know, you consider someone that's been working as a tradesperson out on the shop floor for, you know, 10, 15 years, and they then decide that it's time for them to move into maybe a bit more of an engineering detailed design sort of pathway, they're going to bring all of that knowledge with them. And I think that's not going to be lost. So, yes, yeah, looking at providing those opportunities for everybody. It sounds like you and your team have a really important role within the business. You're feeding the belly of the beast, for want of a better description, in terms of making sure you've got the labour force to build these amazing ships what do you wish others in the organisation knew about what you and your team do? I think it's about that we're there to work with everybody in the organisation. Obviously, we're the early careers team and, and we can provide our, you know, with graduates and interns and trainees, etc. But the other thing that we can really do is to work with other teams or other functions, we call them, within the business to help them develop their own early careers programs. They know what type of skill they need, the type of person that they need to operate within their function. And so we can help and we can support that to develop those pathways within those functions. You know, I think if we can sort of work more as a bigger team rather than working in isolation, you know, that's only going to benefit the company. And, you know, like I've said, and, and everybody keeps talking about the skill shortage, you know, once again, it's about how you can actually provide an opportunity for someone that perhaps is a little bit different to traditional pathways. Ashley, you've mentioned at the moment that things are particularly tight in terms of there's a smaller number of potential employees to choose from. Is that your greatest challenge you and your team are facing at the moment or are there other things? It is a great challenge. I think the other challenge for us is if you consider the life and time of this project, you know, generational employment, you know, that means that people that are of quite a young age, we're going to be looking at them to come and work for us and, and get into the manufacturing space. And, you know, with Mitsubishi and Holden closing down, we did lose quite a bit of that manufacturing capability. And so I think it's really important that all businesses get out into the school systems and actually really start to promote what's out there for the young people because we are really going to rely on, on the young people. And when I say young people, I'm talking about those that are in sort of years five and six to have an understanding about the job opportunities that are out there. I'm not saying that they need to know what they want to do, but they just need to know what work's all about. That South Australia's got some great opportunities ahead within the defence sector, 
you know, you can talk about other areas as well. Hydrogen is going to be huge for South Australia. You know, we've got some great projects which are happening, you know, north-south corridor. We've got new hospitals being built. And so there's, there's a great deal of opportunity out there. And, and we're all going to be vying for the same person, really. And so getting out there and promoting this within our young people, I think, is really, really important. Is that what's motivating you a little bit too? It sounds almost competitive to some extent. I guess motivating me is getting out there to actually show these opportunities and and promote these opportunities and see young people actually start to consider these STEM-based careers and STEM-based learning. School was okay for me, but did I really enjoy the whole STEM side of things? No, not really. But that's where the opportunities are. And I think that is what we really need to be promoting within our young people and I guess that's what motivates me is to be able to get out there and and sort of say hey look you know perhaps it really wasn't for me but look what you can actually achieve when you do see that as the opportunity. Tuesday I was out there with one of our um, engineers and she was presenting to a group of young girls from the area and and she mentioned exactly the same thing that um, she wanted to be an engineer but her mathematics skills were not where they needed to be but she pursued it and she kept working and taking up opportunities to learn more and now she's a she's an engineer and listening to some of the projects that she's worked on she's had a fantastic career so far and um, you know it's only going to get better for her. Ashley you've been through a few different sectors in your career you're now with Defence what do you like about working with Defence? Opportunity opportunity for employment but just to do some different things when you consider the vast range of jobs that actually need to be undertaken to get these ships in the water and for people to live on them, you know, there's there's lots of opportunities and lots of different things that people can do to get involved. Well, there are lots of opportunities. What skills do you reckon are most important then in a modern workplace? I'm a big advocate for employing on potential. And I think to be able to do that, young people really need to consider those employability skills and the soft skills that I spoke about before, Um, you know, being able to problem solve, being able to communicate, to work in a team, to critically and creatively think. They're the skills which are going to um, be needed now and, and into the future. Knowledge is readily available, but it's how you go about using that knowledge and, and what do you use it for and how do you decipher that knowledge and that information. I really do think that the employability skills, although it's not exciting, people do often say to me, look, what do I need to do to get a job there? And I start talking about the soft skills and the employability skills. And like I said, it's, it's not exciting, but it really is important and I think anybody can develop those skills you know some people are really quite naturally gifted at the mathematics side of things but I think everybody can develop those employability skills. Ashley that's great insight and you've been very generous with your time talking about what you've learned throughout your career and how you're helping the next generation develop. What's the best career advice you've received? Continue learning. Continue learning and take opportunity. You know, if you see that there's an opportunity there and and you sort of feel as though that you'd like to take it up, just take the plunge and and step in and have a go at it. You don't want to look back. You don't want to die wondering. The great thing about where we are at the moment as a state and as a country is that we have opportunity to change career. You know, we've got some great educational systems which can pick you up at any time to change careers, to, to continue learning. If it doesn't turn out, You haven't lost anything, you've learnt something, and then you grab that next opportunity as it comes along. 
Ashley, you've been really generous with your time and great with your insights. And it sounds like you have a really satisfying career in terms of helping people find a path and career. Ashley Bryan's program lead, Early Careers, thank you for joining us in the BAE System Studio for this Beneath the Deck podcast. No problems at all, Drew. Thanks very much for having me and I've uh, enjoyed the conversation. Thank you for listening. For more episodes, find us and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts or visit the BAE Systems Australia website. All information is accurate at the time of release.